0: Welcome back to the Discovering Forestry podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Lofi, alongside our friend, Mr. Arborjet Joe Aitkin, here for another compelling conversation about trees. Joe, here we are sometime March. Uh, this might air late March, early April. It's pothole season, man.
1: <laughs> I had a good one today. It is. You know, it, we had a we had a, our new governor in Michigan, her Her whole pitch to get reelected was, we just got to fix the damn roads. And they still suck. (laughs) (laughs) So she hasn't fixed them yet, but we're working on it. Yeah, it's that time of the year. Winding down first quarter. um, I'm a little on my nerves, so I poured something in my little Boblo glass. A little little beverage for tonight, but it'll kind of calm my nerves.
0: Good. Yeah. No, it's it's hard. uh, I think a lot of people are kind of chomping at the bit. T- temperatures should be getting better soon here. A lot of people have, you know, either built up some work that they need to do in the spring or maybe they learned something at a trade show or conference or they they found some inspiration and they're just, they're ready to go. Let's yeah. go. I was, uh,
1: I was sitting in my office today and uh, the office called and we're looking to do something. And I was thinking about how did, how do you, how do we end up in the industry where we end up? You know, you and I've had a lot of, great conversation on how we got to where we're at and if you would have asked me 20 years ago would I be out doing presentations coast to coast in educating people on trees and the reason I bring that up because we have a very special guest tonight and who does exactly that so it makes you wonder how how do we go it's almost like the road picked us if that makes sense yeah. So um, I'm going to let you do the introduction. Um, I'm very excited to have the professor on and uh, we'll see how this goes.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm excited for it. We actually I met uh, the professor. We'll call him the professor tonight. I met the the professor at TCI Expo in uh, I believe we were in Indy a couple of years ago. And I think he, I think he was handing out coloring books, and uh, anyhow, got to talking, following up, and then he reached out again months, years later, and here we are. Uh, so, without any further ado, I I would think that now is an appropriate time to bring on Professor Elwood Pricklethorn. Welcome to the podcast. How are you?
2: Oh, great guys! Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Greetings from snowy Canada. I was gonna
1: say, I, is it really I see- snowy? Now you're where where at in Canada is so snowy.
2: Yeah, I'm just north of Toronto, so it's a bit of a snow belt. I'll just get a bit north, and there's like this invisible line that we tend to get a little more than like southern Ontario. So, you know, we're we've had a, a few dumps here, and I'm, I'm getting tired of storm of the century. I'm hearing that every other week, so it that kind of loses a bit of its scare factor.
1: Yeah, yeah. You only say that so many times, and you're like, all right, we're done. We're done. Yeah, what we exactly. Is it one week till spring?
2: Yeah, and then you know, you speak of your uh potholes, the next thing that's going to be happening is the running of the sap. So we, you know, we've got all that going on. I'm, I'm out listening in the sugar bush and just waiting for it to dip a little more, and then that'll all be happening.
0: Do we we should have a podcast on the sap? That's a great idea. Mm. That's the name of the other podcast, the sap. Go with the flow. <laughs> go with go the with flow. flow. <laughs> we, gotta start down. we got the
1: professor on, so we
0: got to write Your this time. down. I, I, yeah. I am going to write it down.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, professor, uh, hmm. before we invited you on, I, I kind of mentioned how we get on the road in yeah. uh, that we get on. And I, I think our culture, we've mentioned this in other podcasts, is that sometimes we feel like we're just – there's an unforeseen power above that pushes you towards what you end up doing in life. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, how did you uh, find the road that you're on educating um, the value of trees in a such a way that you do?
2: Well, uh, I started as a small acorn. No, that was a, that's another story. Um, mm-hmm. No, I've that's- always been involved with horticulture and particularly arboriculture, and uh, certified way back. Even as a student, I worked at a a tree nursery, budding and grafting trees. So That was in high school. So I've always kind of been around trees. And um, I worked for the City of Toronto for 40 years and uh, always been involved with forestry one way or the other and ended up as like the park supervisor, which is kind of like the park ranger on Toronto Island. I don't know if you've ever been up to... Toronto here but just off of the the waterfront downtown there's a um, little island it's uh, about um, 230 hectares and it's got a little population there about 700 people live there and they're all about trees bikes um, very naturalized setting I call it Canada's little Key West it's our version of Key West anyway there's a school there and I would uh, often go to the school as Warren Grew up and talk to the kids about an Arbor Day and Earth Day, and it wasn't shortly after um, that I got mixed up in a side ride with a bunch of tour de tree people, and we went to what's called Acorns of Hope down in um, Coastal Louisiana, organized by Bob Thibodeau, legendary arborist, and um, one of the year, and I'd always followed Timmy Womack, my mentor, Timmy Womack, um amazing guy, and I would wear the squirrel outfit for him and get in there and run around and I was always in awe of what he did so anyway the, the there was one year that for some reason Timmy couldn't make it and we we're going along on our um, acorns of hope and Bob Thibodeau said hey we're uh stopping in at a school why don't we um why don't you do your little school talk so I said sure and I you know I, I um ended up finding like a really bad wig in a lab coat and I was Professor pricklethorn that's always been a name that's been been with me even, even since working at the little nursery way back as a teenager and uh I got back to Toronto and went to the school there and I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna amp this up animate it it's gonna be a lot more uh, I can deliver uh, a better message as Professor pricklethorn so that's that's the um that's the birth of Professor pricklethorn
1: it I'll uh, I'll agree with you I've uh, I've uh, had the pleasure of um, seeing Professor Pricklethorne educate. I think you said it best. Uh, children of all ages. Um, yes. We don't. We we have to find more than just one way to educate general public on the value of trees. And I will say, you do an amazing job and make it very entertaining and. Uh, very um, hard to forget how's that
2: it's a it's a different lens i like to say and you know a lot of it too is for adults that often end up sitting in the back behind the kids that are kind of there i i, I liken it to like the flintstone stuff that there's a lot of stuff in adults get in flintstones and 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 a lot of it is stuff that we've learned but we've forgotten so i kind of remind us and i i, I do put it in a different light and have a lot of fun with it. And, and um, just to get people to look at trees in a different way in a memorable way that they, it'll grab onto them.
0: Yeah. Have a positive association with, with trees, the urban forests, all that, that that's pretty awesome.
2: Absolutely. And and you know, the little factoids that kind of like, Oh, I didn't know trees did that, or I didn't know trees made me feel that way. I, I often refer to the warm and fuzzies, but when we drill down, it's not just warm and fuzzies There's science. There's reasons why that trees make us feel good and you know they've made us feel so good for years and now we have to make them feel good
0: well and I th- I think you know part of what you do is you kind of make that connection between here are these trees that we walk past every day but here's the science behind it and and there's more than just you know bark and leaves
2: connect the dots that's right yeah yeah and and there's nothing better feeling when I'm, I'm in, in front of a group of kids and I can literally see like the learning light bulb go off over the head you know you, you'll connect the dot or say something and they'll literally light okay I got it I gonna see it
1: you know I I love the message so much uh, I I was uh I was heading down to the office and I I was I'm excited that you were on today and I told my wife and she goes kind of like professor proton <laughs> and I'm like yeah but it portrays. So we got all excited. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, there's so many uh role models uh out there. You know, we you know first comes up, you know, the Lorax. Mm-hmm. Um you know there's so many out there for trees, but no one is unique as yourself. Have you ever been have you ever done short video and actually do a video that could be passed along?
2: Yeah, I do have a YouTube channel, so there's that. And, um, yeah, I've kind of toyed around with it a little bit. And I do like the shorts. I like the idea of sometimes nonverbal because that can translate to anywhere. Um, And sometimes you just, you know, it it beckons you to um, make the the message that more um, accentuate delivery of it when it's nonverbal. But, yeah, I've, I've dabbled in that, and I'm always open to um, doing some more of that. Just, again, to get the word out and and kind of to pull the hands and the blinders back from people and how they look and appreciate trees.
1: <laughs> There's no doubt you're from Canada. I can't
2: hear you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> a, a quick funny story. On one of the Tour to Trees, I think we're in Carolina, and at the end of it, we kind of have this kind of mock awards night, you know, the person that groans the loudest when they get up or the obvious person and you always have the best accent um and i won i beat like uh bubba from uh you know like from alabama and i'm like <laughs> yeah, i won the best it's... accent
0: like what accent no it's it's oh that's good though no that that is that is good and it's and it's it's unique but it's also memorable and i'm, I'm trying to think and as we're as we're thinking like memorable and impressionable are there any are there any stories or any tactics that you found extremely effective when trying to communicate either the benefits of trees or some of the science behind trees anything that comes to mind you know something that, that some of our listeners can take and, and maybe bring into their own community
2: yeah i think you know it's got to be relevant it's got to be tangible um i guess you know when you're at the level of you know the most of your listeners we all kind of get the the science and that but I think just for getting out in the community and libraries and public events, you have to make it relevant. And, and what does a tree do for me? So um, I often kind of stay on that plane and, and um, you know, uh, bring forth the, the, the benefits, like, you know, the air scrubbing and the oxygen and even stuff that um, simple as food ingredients, people have no idea all these dozens and dozens of flavors that we get from trees or medicinal um, benefits of trees and plants. So again, I just try and keep it relevant. And even with the, with the little, little ones, they get that. They're like, you're kind of in awe of it going, wow, trees do all that. And I'm like, yeah, they've been looking after us for years. So let's flip things around and, and look after the trees.
1: Yeah. To be, have, have you, you be ever had long it after history? us? I'm oh, sorry. Joke yeah. oh, no good. Professor, how long have you been, um, actively going out as uh Professor pricklethorn how long have you been doing this
2: I believe it's been about 13 years like I've been you know doing little community talks as on professor but um as the professor uh Elwood pricklethorn pep rallies it's been about 13 years and it it's kind of evolved um you know and I I do bring some science uh one of the things I do in it is I talk about uh, photosynthesis which is pretty close to a miracle you know again it is science and but it's it, it always fascinates me you know dirty air and the water and a bit of energy from the sun and voila we get like oxygen and and you know the sugar within the tree and huh. it's just um i always say there's not even an iphone app that'll do that right like it's <laughs> just incredible. not yet no yet
1: yeah <laughs> do you know i used a term the other day in a presentation i was talking about the amazing anatomy and physiology and some of the processes that trees do. And I, I threw the word Krebs cycle out. Yeah. yeah. And I had people glaze right over and They're like Krebs cycle. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God, you guys, when's, it, how long has it been since you've been in biology about, you know, we talk about photosynthesis, they got to turn right. it somehow into energy, to usable energy through yeah. the Krebs cycle. Yeah. So I, I kind of, I kind of, set them up on purpose so that I could get into why trees are amazing, but a uh, different, different audience. than you probably generally. Um,
2: I, would, I always say that um, high schools are a tough, you know, because they kind of can't suspend the guy in the crazy hair and that And I had one uh, person call out trees suck. And I'm like, yes, that's the next, next topic. They actually do suck. They can <laughs> transpire. I'm like, Thanks, buddy. Like, And I talked to him afterwards. And I he was, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you got that. You're
0: smarter than you thought.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I thought everybody in Canada loved trees so much that they threw it on their flag. So that's another thing I, I talk
2: about. Um, this this was a really defining moment for me years ago on a tour to tree. Um, I was in Portland, Oregon, and we went into a children's hospital there, uh, the Randall Children's Hospital. And I met um, a young fellow, Andy uh and andy uh was in there with uh getting um chemotherapy for uh cancer um chemia and we kind of bonded like within minutes and he actually saw my flag and he says wow you guys like trees so much that you put a part of a tree on your flag and i'm like yeah yeah it's
1: yeah so i thought it was for the the syrup myself but it (laughs) is a leaf from a tree yeah, yeah, it's red maple. Yeah, maple syrup, baby. It's yeah. go it, duty free without buying some maple syrup in a can.
0: That's right. <laughs> we got an ambassador to Canada and the tree world. <laughs> that that's actually that's actually pretty cool, and we we should bring that up on another episode. But why why did they choose the maple leaf for the Canadian flag? Yeah,
2: well, it was it's our flag isn't even all that old. I, I'm probably going to mix up with the dates, but we used to use almost like a a British Union Jack. It was very British with the, you know, the red, white, and blue and the crosses. And then um, I believe it was one of our prime Minister Deacon Baker, maybe, and um, they wanted to kind of, you know, not withdraw from the Commonwealth, but create our own identity. And they they came up with uh, with this design of the flag, and maybe in the 30s. Like it, it's really sure. not that long ago. Um, Let's because yeah, 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 we were a Commonwealth. We still are a Commonwealth, but yeah, they 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 wanted the uh, uh, identifiable flag, and that's what we came up with.
0: So, so do you think? I know you've traveled stateside and and you know Canada as well. Do you mm-hmm. think there are some are there some common themes, or are there some big differences between how our youth are looking at trees stateside versus Canada or anywhere else you've you've traveled?
2: Well, Personally, I always get a chuckle out of the uh, calorie pair because I know it's like the yeah. scourge. Like I will go down there and I'll say, like, that's a, a pretty looking tree. And and because we don't have a lot of them up here. Um, probably, you know, with climate change, they're probably gonna be more and more. But yeah, it'd always be kind of like, well, oh, that's it. and then I'd get a smack in the head by one of my arborist friends as we're driving by the, the calorie pair. But um you know, I think, you know, in the tree world, there's not a lot of difference that, um, yeah, people just want to give professional care to trees because they, in our business, because they know the value. Heck
0: yeah,
1: I yeah. think yeah. I, I've noticed that there seems to be more uh, universities in Canada that do have urban forestry or forestry gr- segments in it. Really? You think about like Guelph? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Coast to coast, I've noticed that there seems to be a bigger presence of university teaching forestry um, in Canada, because I had Canada for a territory for a long time, than in the U.S. Now, in the U.S., you got University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point, Michigan State for a long time, got rid of urban forestry and just had traditional forestry. But I've always noticed that in Ontario, especially, there yeah. is a big academia huh. presence,
2: definitely. And, and don't forget UBC,
1: yeah, the exactly. University
2: of British Columbia. Like that's a big hotbed uh, oh, for uh, forestry. Yeah, and we have um, you have kind of the two tier. We have like a community college as well. And boy, there's there's got to be like five or six community mm-hmm. colleges around the Toronto area, like Humber College and Sir Sanford Fleming, and.
1: Uh, oh my God, humble, humble. yeah. You should think
2: yeah, about, yeah, and uh, olds college up in uh, North of Calgary there. Yeah. They um, yeah, it's a, it's a going thing and all sorts of um, apprenticeship uh, ground worker jobs that are, they're starting out like formally, which is, you know, safety being uh, first and foremost, it's really really good that they're formalizing them and giving them certifications and, and, uh, you know, launching careers.
1: Professor, have you, have you had the opportunity to present, at university?
2: Very, very funny story. Uh, well, I'm not, We'll make it short, but I had met a professor at University of Côte on a transatlantic flight over the Atlantic Ocean. And she wore a pendant with a, a Lego piece on it. And I, she crossed in front of me a couple of times. And my curiosity got the best of me. And I said, uh, excuse me, could you tell me why you're wearing that? It's just kind of odd that and she says, "Oh, I work for um, I'm a professor, at University of on my way to Quebec City, Laval, in Canada, where I also do some, uh, you know, I have some tenure there." And I said, "Oh, okay, well," and I started plucking away in her laptop, and I said, "Well, you know, over the next um, couple hours or, or whatever, if you um, if you're bored, look up Professor Pricklethorn. I have a I have a uh, Lego story as well." So she did, and and I can see her kind of. Um, uh, Plucking away on the keyboard and started laughing. And, and she kind of turned to me and, and said, You traveled to do this? And I'm like, I looked at my wife and I said, um, You traveled to do this? And she's, Yes. And she said, Would you consider coming to Nice, France, to University of Missouri? And I'm like, oh, We're in, right? So, anyways, we we made arrangements and, and she um, oversees some of the homeschooling networks there and has uh, uh, quite the faculty there in Nice. And anyway, um, as we're getting close to it, she asked me like on the Zoom call that um, what what is your um, your tenure for your professor um, title, and I'm like, this is gonna be awkward, <laughs> right? Like, and I kind of had to go through like, well, you know, Captain Kangaroo really wasn't a captain, and then I I shifted like Doctor Seuss really <laughs> isn't a doctor, and then I said. Professor Pricklethorn, <laughs> not a professor. The character is a professor, and she was kind of she's like ah, Sable, wee wee. So yeah, it was all good. It was all good, but it was certainly wasn't the question I was expecting. And it was like, I you know I can't fudge this, right? So did you still get you, to go? Oh yeah, yeah, I still got Where to go. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, that's awesome. Now,
2: I often say I have a pH
0: tree. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And, and your great. favorite your favorite tree is the Calgary pear. You have Calgary pear. <laughs> I
2: <ain't> got <gonna> to <laughs> use that. in Calgary. I'm going there they, in May.
0: They <laughs> um they
1: banned they cried they, to as of today in Ohio that they outlawed Calgary pears. You can no longer buy them, sell them or plant them as of today.
2: Oh. And I can go buy and admire them. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. Well, they're a little stinky in the springtime, but yeah, it's yeah. beautiful from afar. It's what what is a weed? It's a plant out of place. So same and with that, the yeah trees. that doesn't belong. Yeah, they have a purpose. Uh, I don't. They're not that invasive. Maybe we overplanted them in the '80s and '90s, but yeah, they're still okay.
2: Yeah, where, where I worked on Toronto Island, we have a very very formal garden down that we call it Avenue of the Islands, and it's all symmetrical, and beautiful. And at the the one end, we planted two calorie bears and. It's just like it, i'd probably be shot if i was you know anywhere else to do this but you no, know, they look great the beautiful flower in the spring and oh know. yeah
1: well that happened up in uh traverse city michigan so they it's an amazing town amazing it's just beautiful up there well during the emerald ash period all the whole street was planted with green ash so they were getting overgrown. They were out of their, their tree wells, so they removed them all. And I'm like, all right, all right, because they weren't going to treat any. I'm like, whatever, that's cool. They planted all pears. Now they got a whole street full of pears, and now we got trellis rust and all kinds of funny stuff. But yeah. uh, you know, it goes so back cool. to maybe you should have a uh, a segment of your education to people uh, to not monoculture and quit planting yeah, I was everything.
2: yep. I was just going to say that we've had that same issue in Toronto with some neighborhoods. That overplanted with the you know the ash and the green ash and white ash and then they get decimated right so then it's almost like um uh you know it's like a clear cut in a on a little uh, urban neighborhood but yeah oh, the it, whole idea is yes yeah, switch it up like yeah don't do that
1: maybe
0: the professor has to have a segment on that
2: yeah yeah good idea.
0: Well, it's crazy cuz one of my one of my favorite trees, one of my favorite smelling trees, I'll just say that they're actually a bear to climb and work in is uh the russian olive. I love that smell. Salt Lake City, Denver, we know that we're hitting summer, you know, the first week of June when the russian olive is in bloom and it it smells so good, but I know it's invasive and a bit controversial as well.
2: gnarly the prune too, Corey, aren't
0: they Oh yeah, <laughs> talk about prickly and getting stuff stuck in you. But oh yeah, and as wow. as I'm kind of thinking about, you know, we, you, Joe, myself, and a lot of our listeners, you know, we kind of have this this ten thousand foot view, and we talk to all sorts of people, and and you know, we're super understanding and, and just eager to learn more about them. Um, I'm wondering as we're we're drawing close to the end of our conversation today. If, if you could leave an impact or a bit of advice for some of our listeners, what would it be? I think it's
2: the beacon of our industry as an arborist. And that is, uh, it all starts with planting the right tree in the right place. So going that extra mile, due diligence to ensure that you, um, you know, ask an arborist, um, Go to Google, do, figure it out. Like, look what's in the neighborhood and look above you, look besides you, like figure out the site conditions, plant the right tree in the right place, uh, followed by uh, plant it the right way. Uh, my my buddy, the Cajun herberist Bob Thibodeau, always says you don't plant a $50 tree in a $5 hole. Wow. No. A lot yeah. of advice that's, right there that statement. That, that's it. So I think... Um, because if it is the right tree in the right place, you think like an the arborist really probably gonna have less work. Because we a lot of times we deal with the troublemaker trees that, that weren't put in the right place, that that um cause conflict or um but if it's the right tree in the right place and you give it full consideration and you size it all up and you plant it right, you know, other than a couple of little prunes here and there to to get it up and running and it should be yeah it should be um a a self-maintaining tree
0: that's awesome that's my advice well
1: i would like to end with saying i i can't thank you enough for taking on the responsibility of grabbing the torch and finding a different way to carry the torch to to speak on behalf of trees um i think more people uh internationally would benefit from your your presentation i think uh we need more uh professors like yourself out there talking this and uh keep up the great work um if you get an opportunity uh when we talked about you videotaping something google believe it or not and um I could see Professor Pricklethorne creating these shorts, something similar to that. You got a great message and um grateful that you took some time out to, to today to talk to us
0: on a podcast. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, thank thank you so much. I'll make sure we put a link down to your your website in our show notes. And I think this is a conversation that a lot of listeners are going to be able to pass on and, and share with. You know, their kids or their mentors, or maybe they can be the next Professor Pricklethorn. That's pretty cool.
2: Oh, awesome. I would love that. Awesome. Nothing better.
0: Thanks, Thanks guys. Thank you. Maybe you have a
1: bunch of little Hawthorns running around. <laughs> a little bit. Perfect. Cheers.
0: Hey, great topic today. Yes, lots of good information. Yeah, probably one of our best yet. If you enjoyed the podcast or have topics you would like to discuss, please send them to discoveringforestry at gmail.com. And please hit the subscribe button and tell a
1: friend. Thanks, guys, uh, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Joe.
0: And I'm Corey. Signing Signing out. out.